It's time for Green Visions. Green Visions is a production of the North 1033 to encourage green thinking and green actions. Green Visions is made possible by the Minnesota Power Energy Conservation Program, making progress toward a lower carbon energy future. And our guest today is Clark Christensen. Clark is the city forester for the city of Duluth. Clark's in studio today. Good morning, Clark. How are you doing? Good morning, Luke. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great to have you here. Uh, you've been in the position for how long now? It's been about four years, full-time. All right. And um, in that time, you, of course, work with the tree crew. There's a lot of green space around Duluth. What are some of your kind of daily operations? What are you spending your time on? Sure. My elevator pitch is usually, uh, well, I plant trees, I prune trees, I remove trees. Uh, at that point, either they're bored enough that they walk away and they don't want to ask another question, uh, <laughs> they want a cure for insomnia, or they are truly interested in trees. So that's our annual schedule revolves around those three things mainly. Sure. And when it comes to planting trees particularly, there's got to be some research that goes into that. Obviously, with the subject of climate change on hand, there are there's research being done about what some of like the hardier trees are, what trees are maybe going to be um, a, a little bit more, I don't want to say immune to climate change, but there are going to be maybe a little bit more appropriate for this area and for this time in human history. What are you planting right now? Yeah, so we're planting a variety of trees. I think I order about 40 species every year. Okay. Uh, we've tried to diversify quite a bit. Um, our, our current street tree population is about one-third maples of some sort or hmm. another, uh, which is a huge imbalance that we need to correct. Uh, so we've looked at species a lot from more eastern U.S., southeastern U.S. So we have some species from there that are doing quite well. Uh, yellowwood is one that's surprisingly doing really well. Um, and some other ones like redbud, which if you're from the Twin Cities or southeastern Minnesota, you're probably familiar with. Um, so just looking south to those species that uh, we just haven't tried here. They may do well. The sort of uh, experience in other places indicates that they may do well in our climate. Uh, so give them a try. Some of these I'm ordering five or ten, planting them, waiting a couple of years, and then uh, time tells me whether or not we should order more. Yeah, I guess so. There is, and I suppose you have probably a spreadsheet with all the trees, all the locations, and how they're doing. Yeah, for sure. We've got an inventory system that is robust and allows me to actually keep track of these things without second-guessing myself. Yeah. And when it comes to some of the, oh, I don't know, maybe more uh, laborious uh, elements, some of the some of the things that you just have to do, no doubt we had, we've had a, a couple of kind of storms this winter that have probably kept you busy clearing streets, clearing alleyways of trees. There's there's that element of uh, being in charge of the tree crew as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the winter, I tell people, you know, we're a small thunderstorm uh, away from having two weeks of work that we didn't plan on. Hmm. Um, you know, a large thunderstorm can keep us busy for a month or two pretty easily. Wow. Uh, and certainly the 2016 storm, uh, before my time, that kept us busy for months and months. Um, so, yes, that is a difficult uh, task and also sort of impossible to plan for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, good to know that there's still this time for you to pre-plan and to be thinking about the future and to be planting and all of that stuff. Uh, working in Duluth, as I've already mentioned, I mean, like, 
tons and tons of green space here. So many parks, uh, plenty of boulevards with trees, lots of little pockets that I think people can oftentimes forget about or live in Duluth their whole life and not even realize that, oh my gosh, here's this little, you know, swath of trails here that I never knew were there. Is, is, I hate to ask a question like, is that a tough thing to wrap your head around? But like, what is your approach to dealing with such a wealth of green space? Yeah, absolutely. It's a problem. I mean, a good problem, but it's also <laughs> difficult to to wrap your head around, let alone to actually work in those places. Uh, I'll get an email once every month or so reminding me or pointing out like, are you aware of this location? Hmm. Sure, I've driven by there. And then it turns out the city owns a property there. Okay, well, I'll add it to the list. And okay. especially with Emerald Ashbor, it's these uh, small locations, out-of-way locations that you otherwise normally just drive by, where all of a sudden we have to go back kind of with fine-tooth comb, and um, are there ash in there? Do they present a hazard to uh, pedestrians or vehicular traffic? And then we got to get that on the list and look at removing those trees or doing something with them before they die. Speaking of emerald ash borer, what percentage of trees, at least in the recent past, have been ash? Like, I mean, clearly this is a, a an invasive that, or at least a bug, an insect of sorts yes. that that goes after specifically ash. Is there a reason for ash? And again, how, what have the numbers looked like? Obviously, there's probably been a pretty significant drop in percentage of that tree in the area. Yeah, absolutely. We were at about 15% ash uh, at its peak here, and that's just boulevard and park trees. Uh, what we don't have a grasp on is all these other areas. Uh, if you look at Lower Chester is my favorite example around the hockey rinks. You know, mm-hmm. the backside of those hockey rinks, it's almost all ash there. Is that in our inventory? Absolutely not. Huh. Um, do we have to deal with it? Absolutely. So uh, we've had a, a lot of ash planted on boulevards. They were a very good tree. Uh, they grew great. Uh, however, we've reduced that number. We're down to about 1,400 ash on the boulevards. I think I have... Um, five to six hundred on contract for removal, and then we have all of these other locations that um, I'm sure people will continue to inform me of, and I'll continue to find, and we'll continue to tackle them. And if it's not tackled, and if these creatures just you know go about their business. What happens? Does it end up looking like a woodpecker got to it? I, I guess I haven't really seen the late stages of what EAB does to a tree. Yeah, well, you may have. The best example is on London Road out in Lakeside. There are a bunch of ash there, and the woodpeckers are really having a great time out there. Um, that's a MnDOT project, and they're supposed to remove those trees this winter. Um, but the ultimate, uh, the ultimate. I guess destination is that these ash all die. They become really brittle. Um, they end up falling down always at inopportune times. Right. Um, so we're trying to we're trying to remove them before they die, um, because once they're dead, they become really dangerous to remove. I'm wondering about the circle of life now, because mm-hmm. woodpeckers came up, and this is they're having a field day. Are woodpeckers a, a helpful? Uh, bird in this situation? Are they like? Are they going to get rid of the emerald ash borer? Um, it's wishful thinking, uh, it, I think. It but. is wishful thinking. Um, maybe we need to introduce Asian woodpeckers. Yes. No. There. There's no not, trouble could come from no, introducing. No. No. Nothing could happen there. Um, it, certainly, they, they they're better as an identifier for us, letting gotcha. us know that oh, this ash is really. Uh, headed downhill for us. They aren't going to solve the problem. Cold weather is also not going to solve the problem. Um, It's going to have to be one tree at a time. 
Okay. And when it comes to EAB outreach, what are, what, you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So we've, uh, I think the most pertinent right now is we'll have a, a press release this afternoon that should be going out, kind of detailing what we've done, what we are doing, what's the status of EAB. Uh, I also have an intern going around town, um, handing out um, uh, door hangers for these properties where they have an ash tree that's technically within the right of way, but uh, all indications are that it's just their yard. Um, tr- ash trees that are in the right of way, the city of Duluth is responsible for them. So we'll help those homeowners uh, mitigate the damage from EAB on those trees. Um, and then we'll probably have some mailings this summer out to certain zip codes uh, where EAB is particularly bad. Uh, and then there's, of course, our webpage uh, has information and we're updating that. Um, so there's a number of ways. And then, of course, you can contact me um, at the city of Duluth, and I can also put you uh, uh, in contact with the right resources, and that might be me. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Clark, thanks for taking the time today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Luke. It's yeah. fun to be on here. That is Clark Christensen, the city forester for the city of Duluth. And this has been Green Visions. Green Visions is a production of the North 1033 to encourage green thinking and green actions. Green Visions is made possible by the Minnesota Power Energy Conservation Program, making progress toward a lower carbon energy future.